Welcome to Jays From Home, a podcast about the Toronto Blue Jays by two fans who are also brothers. There's uh, myself, Steve. And sorry, my wife just texted me right while I was about to say something. Uh, we, we're introducing ourselves, so my name is Matt. And yeah, it sounds like you do remember how to introduce the podcast after yeah. two weeks away. So so you were, were almost going to miss today's podcast because I think you said you had to try on some suits. No, no, no. That's... Uh... No, that was something else. I don't know where you got that one from, but uh, no, there was. We were supposed to do some traveling today, but uh, that got changed up. And okay. We've also no, changed our travel in in, uh, in next month too, so it's uh, we're gonna be all over the place for it. You know how the Blue Jays have a rough April? That's kind of our rough April and May. I see. No, I was I was gonna say, um, I don't think that I've seen you wear uh, wearing a suit for. Over 20 years, I want to say. I think the last time I remember you wearing a suit uh, was our brother Glenn's wedding. Uh, well, we I, had to I wear w- tuxes for that one, I believe. Yeah, I don't know. Well, a suit, a suit is a suit. It doesn't have to be a, a tuxedo. No, or... I, I, well, no, I'm just saying because and the time before that was, um, I think you were four or five years old and you wanted a, a suit for Christmas or something. So you had like mom and dad bought you a three piece. I think it was a gray suit. You look like um, like a, a, a southern banker. I don't know. Uh, well, I wore one for uh, for my friend Mike's wedding, so you I weren't didn't there see for that, that one. That, uh, as far as I, I'm concerned, uh, that instance does not exist in my mind, and uh, I cannot picture you wearing uh, that suit because I don't know what it looks like. Oh well, well was it a three piece gray suit? Uh, no, um, it was uh, just a regular blue suit well um i guess uh we we might as well get into it this is and you put a good note here i almost forgot it today's our 50th episode congratulations i forgot to i forgot to get a cake well that's okay um we've we've had a lot of uh uh junky food over the last weekend so we're good well, a rice cake would be would be healthy, mm. a healthy option. Um, yeah, it's, it's surprising that uh, I'm surprised that we've uh, we've lasted this this long. Uh, um, I never would have thought we'd. Uh, well, I, I guess the plan was to keep on talking about the Blue Jays, but even we, you know, we lasted through the lockout. We we recorded on a weekly basis all through the year last year, and uh, um, we're just a little bit over a year into the podcast now. And yeah, this is episode number. 50 so uh yeah and i'm not going to do any math and figure out how many episodes we'll be at by the end of uh this season i don't know how many weeks well let's not let's not let's not jinx it uh but uh yeah um i think i've only i've only missed one episode uh you've missed a few yeah that's okay all right well let's uh i guess we have Speaking of you missing a few, um, I, I guess what I was talking about with with you potentially missing today's episode was I recorded an interview today, uh, yesterday, oh, yeah. uh, on Saturday with um, with Brett Chancy from Locked On Astros podcast. So that was a good talk. Did you get a chance to listen to that one yet? No, you sent it to me, but I, I didn't listen. So it'll be a surprise to me. Uh, I, I will probably wait to listen to it on Monday, even though I'll be able to edit it together. I'm, I'm not going to listen to the whole thing. Okay. Well, no, it was a good, it was a good talk. Uh, he's very positive. Uh, 
about uh, about the Astros and uh, yeah, lots of parallels between the Astros and the Blue Jays. So so that'll be uh, uh, in a little bit. So uh, it's a good talk. Well, uh, I guess that's a good way to uh, segue into this week's results because they are uh, coincidentally playing the Astros. They've got one more game today, but um, I guess let's start with they were off Monday, right? Um, no, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, they were off Monday, and that was the only off day uh, before twenty games right. in a row. So it's a bit of a, a marathon uh, uh, session of games. Um, I was tweeting the other day. I'm, I'm a little worried about how the pitching staff is going to look after uh, this this big chunk of games. Well, we'll we'll see. Uh, they they ended up winning the series against Boston, uh, mm-hmm. which is and two. So they they lost the first game, um, but. Yeah, two to one. They won six to one Wednesday, and then three to two on Thursday. Um, the 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 good speaking of the pitching staff, though, is the good thing is that Wednesday they had uh, quite a large lead, so they didn't need to use uh, Jordan Romano to finish the game. Um, yeah, and they then, have they've had to lean on him a lot. Yeah, um, and Thursday was an eight. Uh, yeah, eight and a third. No, he didn't get an out in the ninth inning. He didn't right? get an out. No, yeah, no. so. He he pitched eight, eight innings, months. eight shutout innings, um, and so they only needed to go to. Did Romano come into that game? In he the did. Ninth? He 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 did. It was it was uh, it became a bit of a nail biter because he gave up his first two runs of the season. Um, I was really rooting for Gossman to get the complete game. He was on his on his way to getting a Maddox, and if you don't know what a Maddox is, it's a complete game shutout. With under a hundred pitches thrown, and mm. that's almost that's that's almost the new no hitter in, in today's baseball. Um, but Kikuchi looked good on Tuesday despite the loss. Um, I was kind of watching it on a second screen. I, I, I PVR. I forgot to PVR it, so I didn't really even get a chance to get a good look at him. Um, Springer got hit by a pitch on Wednesday, and so mm, he missed yeah. a few games. Um, uh, Ramel Tapia got his first home run of the year that that day as well. Um, and then Friday was uh, the series in Houston, um, and the Jays won four to three on Friday against Justin Verlander, and, and Tapia got the first hit off of Verlander for the Blue Jays since 2018. Interesting. Well, um, that's uh, so. I guess you know overall for the week, um, how many games have they played so far? Uh, Six, they played yesterday. Five, they won yesterday. five games. So they're going so, on a five-game win streak now, I think. Yeah. So, um, well, it'd be four. They're on a four-game winning streak because they played five games and One, lost two, Tuesday. Three, four. You're right. You're right. Um, but uh, uh, what I'm trying to say out of that is, at least you know, they saved on the pitching a little bit for two of those games. So that's hopefully um, a, a good thing. But that actually leads into my sacrifice, which I'll get into is the offense. Um, in that you know it's it would be nice for them to uh pick it up and have some more big wins like they did on Wednesday um it's it's not i wouldn't say it's concerning because i know it's because Tay Oscar is still out and they don't have Jansen who is hitting They're very well They're feeling a the very start. defensive outfield so but, the, the uh, are, are in the outfield Yeah but the the reason i list it as a sacrifice is because they're still winning like last year it pretty much if it was a uh, a one-run game. It was like very high odds that they would lose that game because, like, they were getting 
unlucky. They were, you know, not pitching very well. But this year, it's kind of the opposite. I don't. I wouldn't say they're getting lucky, but they're definitely playing better defense and they're getting better pitching. So even though the offense isn't running the way that we expected it to be, or at least, you know, more than one run win games, uh, the they're still winning the game. So they haven't lost a series yet this year, right? Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. Um, Matt Chapman looked really good this week uh, defensively. Bo Bichette had. Uh, an error or two, but he, you know, like the defense has looked good this week. Um, we should mention the the record as well. Like last year, you know, they missed the playoffs by like the by by miss by not being able to play the tiebreaker. But right now they're ten and five, and they're they're mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. It's 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 it, the game. Like it doesn't matter. Like to say that they're in the in the lead of the of the of the division, but they are in the lead of the division. So so that's that's good. They're off to a good start. Well, you know, they're, the they're, last few seasons, I feel well, okay. Not counting 2020 because uh, they didn't play in April, but uh, tr- like the last little while, the Blue Jays haven't had very good uh, April months. So it's nice to see them having uh, you know, being five games over 500 instead of like you know being. I, I would have been satisfied with a 500 record instead of like a lo- below 500. But uh, it's even better that they are 10 and five. That is a positive thing. Um, so you mentioned your sacrifice, and I'll mention my sacrifice now because we're talking about the relief pitching. My my sacrifice is Jordan Romano because he had a couple of close calls this week. He let up, he let, uh, let in his first two runs of the game uh, on, against Boston, and also um, on Saturday uh, against Houston, uh, he let uh, on a couple of, of runners. So it was a bit of a nail biter in the end, but uh, he ended up uh, getting out of uh, the jam there. Um, and, and, and getting the save. But, uh, you know, um, just a couple of close calls this week for Jordan Romano was my sacrifice. Well, I'm, I kind of hope... So I actually was able to watch and listen to a lot of Blue Jays this week. I, just the way that things worked out, I wasn't planning on it because uh, normally I'd maybe watch like one or two a week. Um, but I I did notice like a lot of the, the bullpen has been pitching really well. So I wonder if maybe next week they might decide to go to another arm or two for a save instead of Romano to give him some extra rest I mean also hopefully the they get they don't need to go to Romano for or to anyone for a save in the first place but uh, uh, that's yeah I I think it's it's showing that they have some more options in the bullpen so um, that's true because they did they didn't go to Jimmy Garcia yesterday Um, so that yeah Um, so we'll see because like it's 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 gonna it's gonna get ugly though um, and and the fact that they're like they're playing just this, against like just division rival after division it's 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 a bit of a just a tough schedule uh, right now. This might be one of the toughest uh, parts of the year for the Blue Jays. And the fact that they're 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 doing okay is is, is a good thing. I'd really um, like to see them play their their bird division rival, the Baltimore Orioles. That would be nice. Yeah, the Rays had uh, had that at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be nice. Um, can't can't take them for granted though, because maybe by the, at that time they'll be bringing up uh, 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 Adley Rushman, their their top uh, catching prospect. So so you can't take them for granted. They they are starting to slowly turn it around, but uh, yeah, it will be nice to play some easier uh, division, the easier division rival. I was going to say some easier division rivals, but 
really the only it's easiest. The, well, yeah. you know, the, the, you mentioned the Orioles slowly turning it around. I feel like they would, they're, they're like the Titanic and trying to avoid the iceberg. So they'll still probably hit something and, uh, and fall apart before they. So are, are the Blue Jays the iceberg? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't know. Okay. Um, oh, what's I'll, your strikeout? What's your strikeout? Well, my strikeout is, uh, I, I think our strikeouts are actually kind of thematically linked, but mine is yeah. that still no Teoscar. Hernandez because he's still on the injured list. Although I did see a headline that he might be close to coming back. Um, they're not rushing him back because of the nature of the injury, I guess. But uh, just the it's a strikeout because it's really making the lineup top heavy. However, uh, I will say that um, you know even though I was really not very impressed with Tapia, uh, he. Pretty much since uh, the ga- I think it was probably the the Wednesday game, uh, or sorry the the Tuesday game. I I really didn't like him at the plate, and then the ne- the last few games he's actually been pretty decent. I mean, I think one of the games I watched he had a, a stolen base. I think that was Friday late in the game. Um, so I mean he's he's doing what he was brought here to do is run real fast. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, it would be nice to have a better bat in the outfield and have Tapia be our, uh, our pinch runner instead of a starting outfielder. Yeah. Well that, and that, that's my, my strikeout right there is Tapia in the leadoff spot. I just, I know that there really isn't an, another option. Um, when, when, when like Springer is out of the lineup, he did return. He hit, he hit a leadoff home run in his first at bat back in Houston. So that was a positive, but I just don't like Tapia leading off because he, you know he's he's he swings into a lot of outs. He he's a ground ball hitter. He you know like he, he's just not getting on base, which is w- what you want your leadoff hitter yeah. to do. He's a, he's a faster Grichik, which is what we knew going in, right? Yeah, he's 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 a defensive replacement late in the game, and I don't even like him playing right field. Like he doesn't have a strong arm, and I I feel like he's more of a center fielder. Um, it's, just, it's hard to really like, like, like I said, like late game defensive replacement. Cause like, where do you put him in the outfield? I like, he could play center, I guess. Uh, he has the range to play center, but I just feel like he, his arm isn't strong enough to be in right field, but that's where they put him when Springer's in the lineup playing, playing center field. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the, there's, they don't have a lot of good options to put him anywhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, yeah. On the bench. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's, so your, what's your home run? My home run is just that uh, the Jays are four and one this week. Um, there's been a, like I said before, there's been a lot of years where they've had like a a really poor, well, not like poor, but I mean, well, I mean, last year it was really bad. So it was nice to have them, to see them have a uh, have only one loss on the week and be on a four game win streak. Hopefully five, although at this point, even a four and two week. And winning both series is uh, is a pretty good outcome. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see to see some winning baseball uh, against these these tough opponents for sure. Uh, my home run is I, I can't believe what I'm saying this. My home run is the, is the New York Yankees because they uh, recently announced that they are all vaccinated. So oh, yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, uh, so that that is that is like a positive like. Um, I, I've said this a lot of times over the past couple of weeks. I, I even say this specifically in my conversation with Brett later on. Like, you know, like you, you got to take advantage of all the all the um, 
competitive advantages you're given when people don't uh, choose not to vaccinate. But it is m- so much more satisfying to beat a team like the Yankees at full strength. <laughs> well, one of the actually just just really quick on the vaccination status thing and how like all of baseball is complaining about uh, having to. Uh, to lose players because of vaccination status when they go to Toronto. The other thing that uh, was brought up online that I saw was that all of Toronto's players need to be vaccinated to go across the border to the U.S. So it goes both ways. It's just it's only one team going into the U.S., whereas uh, instead of like all the other teams playing the majority of their games in the U.S. and then having to play a tough team. I guess the the good thing out of that is that they're they're complaining about not being able to field the full roster against a really good team. Uh so that's why they see it as a disadvantage. But the other the, that's the other part to remember is that uh I think that's one of the reasons they made a lot of the trades they did uh in the off season too, right? It was that they there were some players there's rumors that they weren't vaccinated. And that's well, why they well, had to Kirby, move on. Kirby Sneed was, was yeah. confirmed uh, with Oakland. And, and Robbie Ray is another guy that uh, there's there's rumors swirling about. But uh, no, it's, it's it's nice that the Yankees are all uh, vaccinated. It's it's good for baseball. It's good for public health. Um, so that is the last time I will give a home run to the Yankees. <laughs> now, if only they can add player names to their jerseys that would be oh no 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 i don't want to see that i do not want to see it it's my one one of my ultimate pet peeves is when you go to a yankee game and you see fans wearing a yankee jersey that has the player name on top of the numbers like if you're that much of a fan you should know who the number is you don't need to put the player's name on the back we know that you know but i'm i'm not a yankees fan so when i'm watching i want to see the player names because i'm not a fan i want to know who the who the heck is no but like playing you just need you just need to know the, the the like you know, this what they have a forty man roster. So there's probably like forty numbers that they're allowed to use total left on there from not being retired. So you just gotta know those numbers and, and you're fine. Okay. Well I have uh before we go to the weekly poll here, I have one question and it's be based on uh all the games that I've been watching this week, they've been advertising one of their giveaways uh coming up on the next mm-hmm. homestand, which is mm-hmm. the Bow Flow bobblehead giveaway. Okay. So I was wondering okay. what happens if Bo decides to cut his hair before that bobblehead game, do they have to modify the bobbleheads and and uh, cut the hair off? Good question. I think what happens is that uh, that Bo Bichette should fire his brand manager if he if, if he uh, cuts his hair before the Bo Flow uh, <laughs> giveaway, um, because that is his trademark is his his flow. So if he cuts his hair, then um, that would that would not be good. Well. Um, that that might be his mojo too. Like if he cuts his hair, will he be able to play baseball anymore? Maybe maybe shorter hair. Questions. Maybe shorter hair will make him more aerodynamic along the base paths, and it'll be even faster. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 what gives him his baseball power. Keep the hair, Bo. Keep the hair. All right. So since you posted this, uh, what was the weekly poll in uh, in the results here? Well, uh, we've been talking, uh, kind of getting at this. What? Who's the the tougher opponent for the Jays over uh, the the next two weeks? Because they they played the Red Sox and the Astros uh, in two series over the over the past kind of couple weeks. Um, what? I don't know what your uh, answer was to that question. I don't remember, but I th- I think that I picked Astros uh, on the road as. Oh no, no, actually, you know what? I was wrong. I picked uh, I picked Red Sox away because of uh, Fenway Park. Yeah, no, Fenway's a tough um, stadium to play in for sure. Like, it's almost like an extra 
player on the field. Um, I, I, I chose uh, the Astros away. Um, I guess they're re- both both the both answers. They're they, they're they're having an okay time uh, for with both series. Um, you know, being at home is they're, they're obviously is a, there's the advantage built in there, but also like you know, especially versus the Red Sox, they're they're going to be missing some players, um, and not sure about the Astros. I think the the, imp- the impression um, that 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 Brett had because we talked about this was that um, they're they're pretty much almost all vaccinated on the Astros team. Um, so yeah, the, the, the right now. There's one game left in the series. We're recording this Sunday morning, so hopefully they'll they'll win. But either way, they'll win the series. But the the toughest test um, is is Astros in Minute Maid. All right, and actually, just realize this: since they're playing the Astros at home next week, does yep. that mean that their series with the Astros for the year is done after this? Yeah, it's 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 really it's it's surprising how quick the turnaround is. But yeah, they, against um, the non divisional rivals, there's only two series, so so that that's it. That's All right. Unless, well, that that also means the then playoffs. this. I'll, I'll get to I'll get to this later, but that also means then the Twins are done playing Boston because they played Boston away and at home, and I that's have right. I have notes on that. So that's a that's a teaser. We'll say that till we get to our Twins check in. Yeah. Okay. Um. So now just going to to regular uh, Jay's notes. I should, we should have mentioned this off the top, but just. You know, our best wishes to, to Buck Martinez because it was announced last week, right after I, I finished recording the episode, I turned on the TV and uh, we found out that Buck is going to step away uh, from the booth for cancer treatment. So just just wanted to, to give him uh, our best and uh, we know that he'll 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 beat this and we'll see him. Uh, he, his, his plans are to be back in the booth at the end of the year. So. Yeah, when I first saw the release, it sounded like he was done for the year. But f- subsequently, yeah, I've heard that his, he's planning on being back so that's that's good to see so hopefully he will i mean jamie campbell is he's been away for the last couple of series uh from from hosting the the broadcast but he's uh he's back and forth between being on and off so hopefully uh buck martinez can come back yeah yeah so so that'll be that'll be a nice a nice that'll even be just a nice boost for the team too to to to, to know that he's he, he's back in the booth and, and doing okay um so yeah back to baseball news though um just kind of just something i've, I've been noticing more and more and I, I talked about i talked about this last year at the beginning of the year too but vladdy is is just looking more and more like just he's he, right at home at first base i feel like there's like a, a gold glove in his future maybe, maybe not this year but he's 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 just really good at playing first base now well, I saw the. Uh, I didn't see yesterday's game, but I saw the replay for the, how the, the last game ended play. yesterday. Uh, yeah. yeah, line drive, double play. That was pretty good to see. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, like he's 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 doing great, and and I guess having players like uh, like Matt Chapman uh, feeding him, uh, you know, like super accurate hard throws uh, makes him look even better, and he does, we don't have to worry about him necessarily doing the splits as much this year. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I I think that yeah he's he's looking pretty good. I think most of the thing the throws that have been missed have been because of the throw and not the catching end. So yeah, uh, and I think I think well I think some people were complaining about Bo Bichette's defense and throws, but I think that was they were playing in Boston and it was real cold. So that yeah, that's help. a good point. No, I think I think that did actually factor into to to that uh, for sure. Yeah, because I think that's that's the worst that he's looked all season so far was in the Boston game. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. 
Yeah, no, he's he's playing he's playing better too. Like the entire like the entire infield defense um, is is better positioned to 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 succeed. You know, having having uh, Matt Chapman in at third base and having uh, 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 Espinal slash Biggio uh, share uh, second base and and then Bobuchet, um Kind of, he's he's kind of, um, I guess, what's the word? Protected by by Chapman at at, at shortstop because of Chapman's range, uh, uh, defensive range. So so they're 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 in the position to succeed, uh, all of them. Yeah, and uh, I see your next note is about uh, Charlie Montoyo's quote about. Uh, bas- I guess it's basically about the the competitive disadvantage about the vaccinations but one thing i will note is that he was thrown out of a game recently because he was arguing uh with an umpire about the strike zone and i just remember i was joking about how uh uh, vanessa and i were talking about predictions for the season and that we would we thought that maybe montoyo might actually get ejected in a game so it's it's happened it's only april and it's happened so he'll probably happen again yeah and 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 he's he's all fired up and i think that's you know maybe partly by design as well. Like, like he's really like, you got to keep uh, the players motivated and, and, and he's, you know, he's, we know, we know he's capable of, 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 you know, uh, managing the ball game and, and, and making the right moves, but also like you have to, you have to make sure that the, that the players know that you're, you're behind them and you're standing up for them. Because the, the quote is, and, and uh, swear, swear warning. If you're, if you're listening to it with kids, um, uh, he says, um, well, let me get, let me get the full quote because I, I only put half the quote in there. Uh, he said, my tweet is loading. Here we go. He said, um, on, on the COVID-19 restrictions for ballplayers traveling to Canada, he said, rules are rules, and that's why we couldn't play in Toronto for two years. And from experience, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cared about us when we were in Dunedin. So so that right there is is kind of, I think, the rallying cry for the Blue Jays um, for this yeah. whole year. Like, nobody nobody cares uh, about them, and, and it's, it's, it's us against the world is, is, is what the Blue Jays, um, I think, is, is what he's trying to convey for, for the mindset for the Blue Jays this year. Yeah, I think that'll be good. So, um, yeah, and I think also just in general too, but just going on about Montoyo is that a lot of, I've seen a lot of fans, it seems like they've come around on him a little bit this year and they're talking about, oh, you know, how great his management has been, bullpen usage and all that. But it, it, I think it also says a lot about how the team is put together because when he actually has the players to use, he can make good decisions with them. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's 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 funny how that works. <laughs> mm. um, and then speaking of vaccinations, we know one player for sure for the Red Sox won't be making the trip. Tanner Tanner Houck, um, he's he's not going to be able. To, he's not, not going to. He chooses not to uh, travel with the team uh, to Boston. And I, I I just don't get why a division rival. You don't want to. You, you don't want to encourage all of your players to 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 be vaccinated. Like that's that's um, you know Trevor Story when he signed with Boston, they, they, they wanted him to be vaccinated. Otherwise, they they didn't want to want to sign him, and so he well, almost I, he almost didn't sign with Boston because he didn't want to. He was unsure about being vaccinated. My, it boggles my mind. My guess is that uh, the Red Sox are probably managing risk at this point and not and thinking that it's an April game and they're not too worried about it. Uh, and that maybe later in the season, if the standings are a little closer, you might see some players just magically able to cross the border. Well, it, it takes time to be, uh, to, to you know, you're, I think there's at least a minimum of like three weeks between uh, vaccines. Like, so it takes it does take time to uh, to to kind of 
get vaccinated um, fully. Um, and and while while all this is all is is happening, uh, they're kind of having a little bit of a minor COVID outbreak. And I, I joked about this on Twitter. Like, I wonder if this is just by design to protect their players who weren't vaccinated <laughs> from, yeah, from playing in the series. Uh, but yeah, like, and I also wondered, like, I don't know if, if how on like how. Uh, ethical this is or if, if it could be investigated but i wonder like if if you could if if a team like the red Sox can like kind of make up like injured list uh stints uh uh for for players uh put them on like the 10-day injured list rather than than have them on the restricted i think i i don't know and I, I don't know if it's, it's even worth them doing that because if you're they're on they can be placed on the restricted list and and still replace that player with another player i don't know yeah i i don't think that makes any sense um okay well your last note we already talked about yankees are vaccinated so why don't we just finish off with uh other mlb news and then we'll uh we'll drop in that uh interview that you did yesterday uh sure sure um so yeah um mlb tv announced uh i think on friday that they're going to start airing uh minor league baseball games like i think like one a select one per night maybe uh just to kind of uh hype up uh prospects that are playing like last night uh jack lighter uh one of the top uh draft pick for the for the uh, rangers uh was 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 pitching a game for the frisco riders i believe they're playing and they're playing i forget who they're playing uh but uh so that that's that's good that's uh you know baseball's finally starting to kind of attempt to grow their game and and you know like it, they're even now like they, they i can't believe it's taken this them this long to do this but you know like it's encouraging people to check out uh the the minor league baseball uh tv service as well but uh more importantly they're they're just um they're 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 advertising the the, the young and growing stars that's that's great cool uh and well that's one of the things we talked about last year a lot too is the mlb not seeming to put a lot of effort into growing the game but Maybe maybe it, uh, they saw, even though they were probably pretty stubborn about the whole uh, player lockout thing, maybe they saw some of the backlash. Uh, I mean, I guess you could argue they probably had plans for this kind of thing even before the season started. Like, this doesn't feel like the kind of thing where they would do at the last minute. But I don't know. No. Maybe they, they just saw uh, the the writing on the wall, I guess, and or yeah, I think, just I think, kind I think of turn that... things around. I think that's right. I think that they that they 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 realize that that you know like they haven't been been listening to the fans on 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 social media and and they they finally I think maybe have started to listen and started started to realize that um you know they that the the sport needs growth and needs needs more younger eyes and and and, and this will help because a lot of minor league baseball is is a, a you know, very family friendly sport, a very, very, um, you like younger, younger people go, go, go to minor league baseball games. Like family, people bring their young kids to, to, to minor league baseball games. And that's an easy way to get, to, to get young eyes, uh, interested in the sport. Great. Um, and this story, I, I, you sent me the headline, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, but there was, uh, something happened at a nationals game, yeah, they they had um, I guess uh, parachuters. Uh, f- uh, they did a flyover and they had parachuters. Uh, I guess landing into National Stadium, but they didn't. Um, I guess they didn't let the, the 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 U.S. Capitol. They didn't let them in on the plan, and uh, they they sent out an alert. 
um, saying that they're tracking an aircraft that poses a probable threat to the Capitol complex, and they and evacuated the U.S. Capitol because of it. Because and they they, did, they didn't realize that that, that this was was, was planned. So that, <laughs> well, it makes like me, a little bit of an oversight. <laughs> makes me wonder if they didn't even announce that to the fans because, like, when um, here in Ottawa or anywhere in Canada, when they have like the snowbirds, the uh, the uh, show jets that they they have they there's always news releases saying the snowbirds will be doing a flyby for this this event or that event so maybe maybe they kept it as a surprise i don't know yeah i don't know it's it's uh yeah a bit of a slight oversight uh but yeah um i thought that was just a an, an interesting little little story uh uh yeah not not no no harm but, but it just those those cute little little baseball stories that happen. Um, one thing that we've been talking about a lot over the past uh, few months is is the advertising on on jerseys, and the Padres uh, were the first to feature their new patch. Yeah, Motorola, and I, I noticed this uh, when you sent it to me is that the the advertisement is. Uh, it's not like the company colors; it matches the jersey and mm-hmm. and the logo styling. Well, I mean, it's it's still clearly the Motorola M, but it uh, it matches the the team's colors and and uniform style pretty well. So I think that's a good sign, a good example for what other teams can do or should it, do. It, it 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 is a little a little big, a little big. Yeah, it just seemed like. Well, I see you're wearing a, a Toronto away jersey that looks like basically like mine, but mine has the uh, 40th anniversary patch. Like I'd say that patch is bigger than the Motorola logo. Yeah, but that's not an advertisement. That's 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 that's. Oh, I'm I'm just saying that as a comparison, it's a smaller patch. So okay, okay. Um, so let's do a, do a quick. Uh titans uh check-in before we 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 throw to the interview um they signed a whole bunch of players yeah a lot of (laughs) a lot of signings um so so uh just some of the some interesting notes that we'll we'll quickly go over um one of the players that they uh signed uh, i guess is an older player a veteran uh nelson gonzalez he topped out uh in triple a in the colorado rockies organization um so that's that i thought that was a little interesting little tidbit uh what else here oh yeah there's a guy uh there's a guy from who's dutch like from the netherlands that they signed uh what is his name his Infielder? name is um his name is uh sicknarf loopstock uh seems yeah, like infielder. a name that the uh productive outs podcast would enjoy it feels like one of those names where like they just put in filler text on 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 like uh, blogs or whatever it's not an actual word um but yeah he he uh played for the amsterdam pirates in the dutch major league um it, i guess he he is originally from orange stat aruba uh which that you know they play a lot of baseball in aruba but the but i just think it's neat that um there's uh the dutch major league <laughs> and he plays the, he, he played there so that's that's pretty cool um and what else let's see there's one more kind of batch of signings um Let's see here. Um, yeah, they signed. I don't well, they know. signed a lot of pitchers, and I, I there's there's a lot of names there, and I don't really know any of them. Uh, so they're, they're probably <laughs> a mix of of former minor leaguers and former 
and they've been around the uh, the Frontier League and other independent leagues. So yeah, exactly. Uh, like that's former. They signed. Oh, they signed a former Raptor, an Ogden Raptor. <laughs> oh, not a Toronto Raptor, not a basketball yeah, exactly. player. Gotcha. Exactly. That, uh, that was, well, that's that strange. that's a that would be a good time to remind people. Uh, I think two weeks ago you talked to Davide. Uh, uh, Davide yeah, to CPU. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you can go listen to that interview. Uh, from a couple episodes ago, and uh, and get some some insight as to what to expect for the twenty twenty two season for the Ottawa Titans, which is yeah, starting soon. So, yep. So now we will throw it to uh, uh, Brett Chancy, and he will give us some insight about the uh, the Houston Astros, and and uh, yeah, we talk about some parallels uh, between the, the Blue Jays and the Astros. So so uh, enjoy. All right, welcome. Uh, we are back. We're here with uh, Brett Chancy from the Locked On Astros podcast. And right off the bat, I just got to say, um, I've done last week. I, I interviewed Lauren from Locked On uh, Red Sox. So far, all the Locked On podcasters have been really accommodating, really great, really easygoing, and and really quick to respond to my request. So, so thank you for being here, Brett. No, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. And. Just, just to let your listeners know, I'm actually part Canadian. My oh. my grandmother was a dual citizen. She was born in Merritt, British Columbia. Okay. Um, I, I visited there, uh, gosh, when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, I got to meet a bunch of my relatives I'd never met. They're like lumberjacks, and like they were very <laughs> like Canada. Um, they loved the fact that I said y'all, and I had an accent, so I was kind of their little token southerner walking around. The Canadian, you know, the Canadian landscape and um, my grandmother and grandfather have passed. But I remember growing up that her favorite baseball team was not the Montreal Expos. It was the Toronto Blue Jays. And so she always talked about the Blue Jays. And I remember when they won the World Series, she was so happy. So the fact that you guys have George Springer, one of my favorite Astros of all time, (laughs) And you got y'all got so many connections. Um, playing the Blue Jays is always fun. Y'all are a team that if y'all beat us, of course, I'm not I'm not I'm not happy about it. But it's not like getting beat by the Yankees. So you, you guys got No, it doesn't. I mean, you I mean, you guys have a a Blue Jay and a and a Maple Leaf on your jersey. How can you hate that? You're kind of, I guess, like maybe are the are the Astros kind of the mirror of the Blue Jays? You have you have your H and you have the star from the Stars and Stripes on right behind there. So 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 there there you go. Exactly. No. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of similarities. I think the stars are aligned when we play. But yeah. Um, thanks. You know. Thanks for having me on. And at the at the Locked On Network, we love just talking baseball. We love talking whatever our team is, and so I appreciate it. And I I will make sure that after we connect on on this episode that i will subscribe and i'll listen in to get a blue jays perspective throughout the season because i think we may be seeing each other later down the road yeah it, it, it could be um now watching the game last night it's been a long time it's been i guess a year since i still watched any any astros games since since the playoffs since the world uh series i was actually rooting for the astros in the world series but it's really nice to see the roof open in Houston, you don't see that very often. I guess it's more of an early year thing. So, like the cityscape, it just it just looks really great to see. It's something um, like I guess a rare treat. How often is the roof open in, in Houston? The roof is not open very often. It has to be below eighty-five. It has to be a zero percent chance of rain, 
And for it to be under 85 in Houston, Texas, without humidity, without the chance of rain, is very low. Because when it is hot here, it is hot. And believe it or not, for those of y'all listening up north, for, for you Canadians, it gets pretty dang cold down here. The humidity intensifies whatever the weather is. So okay. um, whenever the ballpark is open, the roof, um, the last game I went to where the roof was open was actually World Series game two against the Braves. I, I took my son. It was our first World Series game together. And believe it or not, being as, as enthralled and as and as engrossed I am with the Astros, with the podcast and everything, I had never yet been to a World Series game. And, and they won. But it, it's we love it because growing up in the Astrodome in a closed stadium, we loved when Minute Maid Park came because it gave us the option of having both. Yeah, same same with with Rogers Center, and I think one of the worst stadium experiences I've ever had was in actually Montreal, like, and and that's kind of a similar, I think, kind of roof situation to the old Astrodome, and it just it just feels just dank. <laughs> it's not a great feeling. No, yeah, you know, and something that the that the Astrodome encapsulated even in the years when the team wasn't great is they had that great scoreboard and the home run celebration. When I was growing up, they had armadillos and random farm animals riding around on four wheelers, like characters (laughs) kind of like before junction Jack or before orbit. And it was really, it was always a party, you know, $4 general admission seats behind Jose Cruz. You just can't beat it. Sounds very much like Montreal for sure. Um, is it real grass in uh, in in Minute Maid Park, or is it is it is yes? It turf? Yeah, it's real grass. No, yeah, it is it is real grass. And um, I actually know the original um, groundskeeper. He's now at a large private school in Houston called Second Baptist Houston, and he tends their fields. Um, he said that field is tricky at times. You know, they'll have the roof open. They they will they will move the roof to shade certain parts. You know, as hmm. they're trying to grow it. And man, they got the field looking really, really good this year. I know there was one year they were they were having some issues, but this year the field is in pristine shape. Yeah, no, it looks it looks great. Um, now, one thing that uh, we do, and and once you subscribe to the podcast, you'll you'll get very used to this 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 um, segment in the podcast. Um, every every episode, we we kind of uh, have a home run, a sacrifice and a strikeout for the week's action for the Jays. So a home run is something positive. Sacrifice could be something, I guess, neutral. And a sacrifice is neutral, and the strikeout is something negative. So um, you, it could be this week or the season. What's your home run sacrifice and strikeout for the Astros? Well, the home run has got to be Justin Verlander. I mean, this guy comes back. He's 48,000 years old. He's been <laughs> pitching since 1920 from Tommy John, the oldest pitcher to return from Tommy John's surgery. And it's unfortunate that he's not 3-0 and right now. He should absolutely be 3-0 and and be the leader in the Cy Young candidacy. But, of course, as the bats have fallen silent, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but JV's returned to form, and him coming back to Houston was a big boost to us as a fan base because we feel like he is one of the pieces that put us over the top in 2017, regardless what people may think. 2017 is near and dear to our hearts because 2017 and Harvey and everything, that was a special sentimental year. So that's something people will never take away from Houston fans. So that's my home run. Um, what's the, what's the one in the middle? Well, sacrifice something neutral or something that that could have a good and a bad angle to it. Well, the good and the bad angle is, oh gosh, um, Dusty Baker, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, 
I mean, I have a hell of a lot of respect for Dusty Baker. Not only what this man's been through in his life, number one. Not only, I mean, he was on deck when Hank Aaron broke the home run record. I, right. I mean, this guy apparently invented the high five or something. I like, <laughs> like he's he's had a part. You know, his first quote coming into spring training this year was, "This is the first time I've worn pants since November." Um, I mean, who says that? But Dusty Baker. But also, to me, it's neutral because it's a love-hate relationship, I think, with a lot of Houston fans. And we tend to be hypercritical because of the recent success. It's very easy to focus on the things when they go wrong. And Dusty Baker just makes these lineup moves like last night's game. Like, why would you put J.J. Medichevic in a pressure situation against a guy who has 30 consecutive saves, is a power pitcher, is throwing absolute smoke? Like, I would not want to put that guy in that situation. I know he was he's, he's, he's a rookie, right? Yeah, it was his first, that was his major league debut. That oh, was okay. his first at bat. He was in Sugarland last week. I, I saw him hit in their home opener. And he's a really good up-and-coming prospect, but – there's those decisions that are made that we don't understand. Of course, the analytics and all this stuff. But and then my strikeout would definitely be the offense. And I know we've struggled before. I know I think in last year or the year before we were like I think last year we were like seven and ten in the first seventeen games. We had we had we've gone like six and one and then we on this major losing streak. But this year, unlike the years past. We have one more big player missing in Carlos Correa. Um, George Springer, I, th- I think we've we've gotten past that. Although, gosh, I I guess I don't mind him being in a Blue Jays uniform, but he was mine and my son's favorite player hmm. for years. But we don't have those guys mentoring the young guys and the offense. Just something's not right. It's just something's missing. And if that solves itself, I think the starting pitching has been – Better than decent. I think our relief pitching is number two in the league right now um, in most categories. And the strikeout has to be just these bats being silent. You can't put up three runs against the Blue Jays early, go cold, and expect to win. Yeah, it's 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 a hard thing. And and uh, I was talking about this last week. I mentioned it several times. But uh, three three and a half week uh, uh, spring training means that uh, things are gonna are gonna start oddly for sure um now a lot of people they still had uh the astros uh in, in the season predictions or whatever as, as winning the west so do you kind of feel like they're the astros are flying under the radar right now they're kind of they're 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 they're, they're kind of uh being kind of a sneaky pesky team right now or yeah so you know i i use this line from this uh i run this facebook group called strohs 411 we got about thirty one thousand followers and i always say always positive always strohs and so anytime I criticize the team, people who follow me are like, I thought you were always positive, always Strohs. Here's a positive spin on what's going on negatively. <laughs> we're giving a little bit of false confidence to the Angels, to the A's, and to the Mariners. Now, out of those three things, out of those three teams, I really think the Mariners are the only true contender for the top spot in the AL West. But if the Astros let this linger too much, they will put the, they will put more pressure on themselves than need be. I believe the bats will turn around. I believe the season will turn around and the Astros will be up top soon. I mean, maybe mid-May, maybe late May. And I think once they take the lead, the only team that threatens that top spot is the Mariners. What Oakland is doing is they're outperforming and good for them because 
everybody picked them to be at the bottom. I mean, I thought they would be worse than the Rangers. And I mean, the Rangers are like, let's go spend half a billion dollars and still suck. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't get how they have that much offense and you don't go out and get more than the one frontline pitcher. And because if they had the angels bullpen, the Rangers may actually have, may actually only have two or three losses. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think the AL West will, will pan out the way that it's supposed to pan out. But the bottom line is this is professional baseball and you have to go to the ballpark and play every day because other teams don't have a memo that they're supposed to be bad and you're supposed to be good. Yeah, no, it's you're right. They are professionals and, and, and winning is the uh, is the key. Um, one thing like watching last last night's game was was pretty entertaining, even though it was low scoring. I thought I, I honestly thought it was going to be it was going to go the Astros way. It was going to be one of those like Astros slug fests or whatever, but it didn't turn out that way. But do you think that Vladdy and Alvarez? Uh, are 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 the are the two most feared hitters in the in the AL? I you know definitely Vlad Guerrero Jr. The, he I commented on Twitter. I said, imagine having a father that's one of the best hitters of his generation go to the Hall of Fame, and then you make it to the major leagues, and it's projected that you could probably have a better career than your Hall of Fame father. That's <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know. Kids of major league players have so much pressure on them, and um, I've even met some former players, former Astros, Craig Reynolds, his son, you know, the BGOs, you know, Kevin Biggio in his own right, but there's also another Biggio brother, you know, Roger Clemens' sons, and the success doesn't always happen, you know. Very rarely do you see a King Griffey Sr., King Griffey Jr. type of thing, but the reason why I, I bring all that into the discussion is Vlad Guerrero Jr. to me is one of just the best contact hitters. When I was watching him, every hit he got last night was a solid hit, was a hard hit ball. And he just barrels the ball with, I don't, like, he is, he's so fun to watch. Jordan Alvarez, when Jordan Alvarez is playing in the field, he hits 100 points higher than when he is DH. And today, again, they have him DH. I don't understand. You know, he's batting 172 right now. He has six RBIs and three home runs. Is he hurt? He's he's not hurt. He just so he had double knee replacement um, over I guess a year and a half ago. And this kid's young, but they're treating him like he's some geriatric Masters golfer who's returning, or like Tiger Woods from his fifth knee or back surgery, <laughs> like. I don't think you need to protect this guy as much as you do. Now, I think the next Framber Valdez start, you will see Jordan Alvarez in left field. But that can't be the only time you start him in left field because when he gets up there, I have I have seen a lot of his home runs at Minute Maid Park. And the, the velocity and the speed that his balls jump out of the park remind me of how when Mark McGuire used to hit home runs. Mark McGuire is my favorite player growing up, and you have video right now behind me. You can probably see my Mark McGuire Cardinals, um, you know, jersey. But the bat comes off his ball so hot and plays so well in Minute Maid Park. That's why I think that if we end up meeting you guys in a playoff series, ALDS or ALCS, it's it it may not be a slugfest because defensively last night that game was very good defensively. You're Matt y'all shortstop. Oh yeah, Matt Chapman, y'all, y'all shortstop is nothing to nothing to you know slough off. I mean, it was a defensive game last night. Jeremy Pena showed flash the leather. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's all but forgot about Carlos Correa because of him. So yes, to answer your question, 
Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Jordan Alvarez, I think, are some of the most feared hitters just because at the flick of a bat, they can hit a home run, but they can also hit all parts of the field, too. Yeah, and, and, and Vladdy has shown a lot of patience so far this year because he's not getting a lot to hit. The the, the pitchers don't pitch to him. Um, in the Boston series, I guess he was he – was, well, the series before Boston, he was striking out, and then he kind of took his pitches in Boston. So he's, he's doing pretty well. Um, you mentioned Jeremy Pena. Uh, what should we expect from him this year? This is his rookie year. So, you know, Jeremy Pena, I did a really cool deep dive with um, about him with our locked-on MLB prospects guy, Lindsey Crosby. And we talked about his ceiling. We talked about his floor. He's always had a plus glove. He's always been a plus defender. Um, his range is impeccable. His arm is his arm is elite. His offense has come around, and he's been one of the most consistent bats at the plate so far. So for him to come in and take the spot of your former number one overall draft pick, your former the guy they thought was going to be in Houston his entire career, and do the things he's doing, um, I think is phenomenal. Jeremy Pena has a lot of pressure on him, but he doesn't play like he has the pressure. You you don't you don't see it. He never looks nervous. He never looks worried. He just looks calm. You know, he's also the son of a major league player. Um his, Which, who's his, who's his dad? I, I believe his dad was I wanna say I don't want to say Vladimir. Um it might it might be Vladimir Pena. I would I would have to look I'll I'll, look I'll Google up quickly. Yeah. I'll Google quickly yeah, Google, while you're talking about it. I believe, yeah. I just complete no Geronimo Pena. Okay. Okay. Geronimo okay. Pena. He played he played several years in the big leagues. So he's been around Major League Baseball his whole life. You know, the Astros had him on the taxi squad last year for all the playoffs. And he had only had like 30 games in AAA before he broke his hand last year. So that tells you what they thought about him. And that tells you probably why they let Carlos Correa walk and why they didn't pay him the $35.1 million that he wanted. So, so yeah, you were saying, I guess I was, that was my, my follow-up question. Like the, the, the confidence in the Astros was just seeing, seeing, seeing him perform last year. And, and, and he, yeah, you're right. He doesn't look like, he doesn't play like he, like a rookie. He looks like a, like a, like a veteran. And they're mentioning in the broadcast last night that he won two gold gloves in the, uh, in the, in the winter league, the Dominican winter league. Um, so do you think that the Astros were close to resigning Correa or they, or they were like set on just letting him walk? At the price that they were, he was asking for, at least. Well, I think it depends on who you believe. The club says that they contacted him after the lockout. Correa and his camp said they didn't. I've heard reports from two different people that I that I talk to on the regular, and I don't, you know, they will share information with me here and there, and I don't, I don't always share it because some of it's privileged information. But I've heard both reports, so I don't know what to believe. If the Astros, in fact, did talk to him, I don't think they offered him an opt-out. I don't think they wanted to pay him for one year and have to go through it all over again. I think they were like, look, we made our offer, six years, $210 million. That's our final offer. We're not going to do a one-year opt-out. There's no point in doing that, and that's that. And so – they still hold the line that they were the ones that they actually contacted him afterwards. I don't think they did. Um, I think with Scott Boris in the mix, it changed things. You know, before he hired Scott Boris, he had a Hollywood agency that was su- suggested to him by his wife and Alex Rodriguez. Hmm. He was the only athlete they had ever represented. Oh. I think that's where Carlos Correa got screwed in the beginning. 
And had Boris been with him earlier, maybe something would have happened because Boris has two two clients that he gave club friendly options to in Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think that if Carlos Correa resigns with the Astros, it's he wants like a lifetime contract. That's that's the kind of deal he wants to sign with them. Um, he wants that ten year deal, and I just, I mean, honestly, one year he hit three seventeen. The other years he he didn't hit in the regular season above two seventy nine. He has maybe one full healthy season. That was the biggest knock on him. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Bregman. Um, is is he going to return to form, or is it maybe he's still hurt? Because he was he's been dealing with with injuries the past year at least. So he's he's over the soft he's over the soft tissue injuries. I remember last year during the World Series, we we're like something's got to be wrong with Bregman. Of course, he had like a a broken hand. I can't remember the exact injury, but he mm-hmm. had he had he had hand surgery right after the World Series ended. So okay, well that explains why he's not you know doing doing great at the plate in the World Series. Bregman looks like he's back to form. Bregman looks more confident at the plate. He worked out this year where he shed some of that muscle mass he gained. I think the muscle mass he gained last year um, limited his flexibility. Actually, I don't think I know because the more someone puts muscle on as an athlete, the less flexibility they have. And he gained like 27, 28 pounds of muscle last year. And this year he said, I prepared the season like I'm going to be an all-star shortstop. See, when you prepare as a shortstop versus a third baseman or first baseman, you deal with more flexibility. There's more side-to-side movement. And Bregman looks – I mean, he looks like – he may not be gangbusters right now, but he's much improved. His glove and his arm are still amazing at third base. And um, Bregman, if he continues to improve, I think you will see vintage Bregman this year. That'll be that'll be good to see his bat come back because because I think he's kind of a like for me he kind of plays a good villain as a baseball player. He does. No, he is he is the guy that you love to hate. I mean, but if people know anything about Bregman personally, the guy's always doing stuff in the community. He's you know he's he's from Albuquerque, New Mexico. He went to LSU. My son and I actually we lived in Louisiana for two years, and it was the two years Bregman was a freshman and sophomore at LSU. Huh. So we got to see him play. And I remember driving back to Texas. I looked at my son and I said, "It'd be really cool if this next draft the Astros drafted Alex Bregman." Well, they did. Oh, if if I would have put money on that, I probably would have won a lot. <laughs> cool, very cool. Um, now we were talking up at the top of the podcast about like the parallels between the Jays and the Astros, and famously last year the Jays almost signed Michael Brantley, but and uh, kind of in the in the last minute he he ended up uh, re-signing with with Houston. What what does he mean to this team? Michael Brantley is is that oak. You know, in the in the South we have these we have these oak trees. And you can go to different Texas towns, old Texas towns, and you can find old oak trees that have historical markers on them. And you just know they're going to be there. When you drive through that town, that oak is going to be there. Michael Brantley's like that. He's this sturdy oak. He's going to be dependable. He's going to get your hits. He's going to give all the effort in the field. And he's going to give the leadership. Whether he's DHing or in left field, he's going to be that constant. And he's never going to panic. He's never going to get upset. And he's always going to be that consummate leader. Keeping him in Houston as long as we can keep him um, has definitely been one of the more underrated moves, I think, in all of baseball in the last five years. 
And I think it's good for both teams that he did stay in Houston because after he signed with Houston, the Jays pivoted and signed Marcus Semien. And then we all know what happened there. Um, now, we were also talking about Justin Verlander. Do you think that his arm is healed enough to carry the load for, for this, this rotation? You know, right now, it appears that it is. I, I believe, though, going forward, because we're about to hit 33 games in 34 days, I believe, for the Astros. And they have talked about they're going to a six-man rotation. And I believe Christian Javier is going to take one of those spots, which kind of worries me pulling him out of the bullpen because he's been so, so like, key. Um, but Christian Javier deserves a starting nod. Um, as long as Garcia and Urquidy and Valdez can have at least decent starts, I don't think the load gets too thrown too much on Justin Verlander. Um, we did a ballpark tour before the opening day game, the home opener, and we were watching Justin Verlander do his like, you know, off game workout. And he's out there working. You know, it was it was great. Like I looked at someone, I said, he's he's acting like a student. He doesn't act like a 16-year veteran. He looks like he's trying to work on stuff. And this guy's like first ballot Hall of Famer. So I think with his knowledge and understanding of his body, he's in a perfect situation where he won't push himself too much. And he knows that it's not all dependent on him. Yeah, and it was nice to see uh, the Jays finally get a hit off of him. It was, it's been since uh, – until yeah. uh, Tapia got that hit, it's been since 2018 – since the Blue Jays have have got a base hit off of him. Yeah, he was it was like twelve and two thirds innings, I think, um, right of of like hitless baseball. Whatever whatever it was, yeah, because he got a no hitter <laughs> in twenty nineteen, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I remember back in twenty eleven, I actually slept through his first no hitter against the Jays, and he, <laughs> but uh, he seems to have the the, the Jays number. Uh, well, not last night, but uh, he he seems to pitch well against the Blue Jays for sure. Well, you um, know, and that the home run that was hit in the first row of the Crawford boxes, I can't remember if it was the first or the second home run, would have only been a home run at Minute Maid Park. <laughs> I, I, I always had the impression that Minute Maid was a, was a bigger uh, stadium, but that's a, that's a short left field. It, let me tell you, it is, it is called the juice box for a reason. It is, it is small. And I remember, and I still regret not going to it. I didn't go to the home run derby. I believe it was in 04. But when they launched baseballs at a Minute Maid Park, you know, I saw the Albert Pujols home run against Brad Lidge where mm. yeah, you could hear the ball hit the train tracks and the glass. Um, I I know the guy who caught the who got the Jorge Soler home run in the World Series that so many Astros fans hate to think about. <laughs> but he was he was in an apartment across the street from Minute Maid. Oh, I think I read that story. There was yeah. like a party and a house party. Yeah. And, and he went to. Yeah. Pick it, it up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um. Well, actually, I met the guy early last year, and then I was like, "Wait, I think I met that guy." So I reached out to him on Twitter. He goes, "Yeah, that was me." And I mean, he made a he made a he made a cool buck on that thing. They make about seventy grand or something on that wow. ball. Um, but yeah, Minime Park plays small. Um, that's why it's key. I mean, when you have guys like Jacob Rizzi on the mound, sometimes he's a fly ball pitcher. JV is a fly ball pitcher, but he tends to give up solo home runs, which is which is kind of nice. But then again, when you're only scoring three runs to support them, it's 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 not really going to equate to many wins. Yeah, and I, like I said before, I, I thought that there, it was going to going to be a a bad outing for for the Jays on that end. But uh, yeah, it turned out that uh, yeah, it was like more of a pitching battle for sure. Um, now, 
do you anticipate uh, there's been lots of talk about how many Red Sox are not going to make the road trip because of the being uh, not being vaccinated for COVID. Do you anticipate that there's going to be the same situation for the Astros or is it uh, mostly a vaccinated team? Um, I believe I would be surprised if this team isn't 100 percent vaccinated. We don't we don't have many, many outliers. You know, I know there's a lot of people and gosh, this this topic, you could go in all kinds of directions. Right. <laughs> um, but. I really believe that we were one of the first teams to hit the 85% or 90% threshold that Major League wow. Baseball had put up. So for the most part, you know, we don't have any like Kyrie Irvins or anybody trying to buck the <laughs> system or conspiracy theorists. So we should be good. I know, I know the, I know the local media. Um, in order to go into the clubhouse, you have to be fully vaccinated and updated on all boosters. Yep. And that's a major league baseball rule, I believe. So I think you won't see any issues. I haven't heard of any Astros not or holding out from being vaccinated. It 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 blows my mind that that a team like the Red Sox, a division rival, would 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 kind of put that before winning games. Like even the Yankees, even the Yankees are all like up to date on their on their on their vaccinations it's 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 mind-blowing i don't understand and they're the evil empire <laughs> yeah no and 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 like i'm like i'm i'm thinking to my, here sitting myself saying good for the yankees it's so great that they're all vaccinated and i'm not supposed to say that about some good things about the yankees <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you're, you're supposed to always dunk on the yankees right exactly um you know and and that's the thing i mean look look you know honestly being being from the u.s myself i i'm all for People, people have the right to make the, the choices they make and live and live by their own convictions. Um, and and sometimes in life, you, you have to do things that are minor inconveniences. You know, I think if it was any more strict or stringent, maybe I could I could see a case. But at this point, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Just just do it. It's not going to it's not going to kill you. Um, and you hate to see that because not only do the players miss out on those games, but fans miss out on seeing some of their favorite players because the Red Sox got a pretty studded lineup. Um, they are they are a fun team to watch. Yeah, and I want to see like even when a player is just on the injured list, I want to see the my favorite team like beat the best team that they can beat. Like, and d- don't get me wrong, like I would if 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 this is the competitive advantage that the Blue Jays have because of a, a player's choice, then they should take it and they should they should take advantage of it. But I want to see. Um, the Blue Jays or any team like I want I want to see the best teams face each other I, I don't yeah. like seeing p- players off the field no right and that's that's why like you know this last year in the playoffs or whenever whenever you guys are going through of course I know you're not heartbroken but whenever you see Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge guys like that on the IL you know I, I tell all my Yankees friends like I want y'all at full strength because when we beat y'all I want it to be like we beat y'all at full strength I don't exactly. I don't want to be like oh we beat the the beat up Yankees. Um, you know, I was really bummed to be real honest, Blue Jays fans, that you guys didn't make it into the playoffs. I really yeah. thought I really thought you guys had it. And I was actually kind of upset because I think y'all let a lead get away and let the Yankees sneak in only to be disappointed because who knows what would have happened had y'all played the Red Sox. Then y'all would have played against us. And that would have been an absolute fireworks show, I think, at the time. And nobody, nobody in the East, like the the Yankees or the Red Sox, didn't want to face the Jays. I think they had, for some reason, the way the tiebreaker worked out, they had a choice of who they wanted to face, and nobody chose the, to, the Blue Jays. 
Oh, yeah. No, that was the team that we talked about on our Locked On playoff preview shows. Like, what's the one team you don't want to play? We're like, uh, duh, the Blue Jays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because here's – and if I can say this, I, I love watching your team because you've got Dante Bichette. You know, I mean, you got – Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's son. you got Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son, who's like the most beloved Astro of all time. <laughs> you've got Lourdes Gurriel Jr., You've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. You've got Teoscar Hernandez. Hey, you even got Trent Thornton, who was who was a draft pick by the Astros. I mean, there's so many connections with the Blue Jays on the field. George Springer. I mean, it's it's just wow. Like you guys, we we sometimes joke about y'all being the Toronto Astros. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it. Yeah, I, I didn't really think about that before, but you're right. There are there are a lot of a lot of close ties for sure. Um, Dusty Baker, uh, you, you, you sounds like you're a little kind of conflicted about, about his, uh, managership of the, of, of the Astros, but do you think in the, in the overall big picture, does he deserve, uh, to be in the hall of fame after he retires? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think the talk of he has to win a world series to get in the hall of fame is absolutely absurd. Um, how many players do you know made it to the hall of fame in any sport that didn't win a title, right? Like, Mm -hmm. You know, you just go to football. Dan Marino, like, went to a Super Bowl his his rookie year and didn't see another one since. Dusty Baker is literally, I believe, he's um, eleven wins. No, he's seven seven wins away from 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 two thousand as a manager. Um, he's on the all time list. He's the only manager, I think, to to send five separate teams to the playoffs. And I know people are like, yeah, but he couldn't win the big game. Yeah, but, you know, when you win or lose a World Series, it's very rarely predicated on a managerial move. Maybe you can make an argument in 2020 that Kevin Cash pulls Snell too early, and maybe that turns the tide for the Rays, and maybe they beat the Dodgers. But if you're going to to pin a whole series on a manager, you you don't really pay attention to baseball. Dusty Baker, we have a we have a friend of ours, Clay Hensley, who played with the Padres, the Giants, and the Marlins, and was with Dusty when they won, I believe, 2011, um, one of those World Series. Actually, Dusty Baker wasn't the manager then, but he played under Dusty Baker, and he says this guy is the player's manager. They brought him in for the main reason to deal with the controversy. That was that was point one. Point two, how can you go wrong with a guy who's been in baseball 40-plus years? And it's this is funny for a guy that has been criticized, wildly criticized for overusing pitchers. He is now criticized for pulling pitchers too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Dusty, I don't know where all the decisions are made. I don't know if all the decisions are on him per se or if there's a front office analytics department that says, OK, this guy gets a day off or this guy only does this. And so he may be guided by other people above him. It's just at times you scratch your head at some of the moves Dusty Baker makes. And I'll give you one example. Nico Goodrum came in from the Detroit Tigers, who's a free agent. The Astros signed him. And him and Diaz, okay, Goodrum is basically really good, I believe, against left-handers and then um, – or against right-handers. And then Diaz is good against left-handers. Well, he had these these two guys start, and they both started – for the side, for the pitcher that threw from the side that they're worst from in back-to-back nights. And you're like, wait, if, if y'all are analytically driven and you are looking at the numbers, 
how do I know this? And you're putting the guys in this in the spot that they're most likely to fail and not succeed. So there are head scratching moments like that. But overall, I respect him. I think he deserves a Hall of Fame spot, no doubt. Yeah, and I think I think if you take a step step back and look at his his career, he has adapted for sure with with the with the times with how 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 the coaching strategies and management strategies have changed. Um, so I got one last question for you. Um, you were mentioning being positive. So how you 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 I guess sounds like you're on on Facebook on Twitter a lot. How do you stay positive and exist online? How do you, how do you keep it up? Well, I've. I've had to learn to take a dose of my own medicine and realize that even though someone may have a negative perception of you, especially the Houston Astros, um, I'm not going to I'm not going to convince anybody of my way of thinking. And so the way the way I survive, the way that I stay sane is that I realize that I'm willing to have a conversation with anybody about anything regarding the Houston Astros. What I'm not willing to do is engage in an argument where the argument is, well, the Astros ruined baseball and integrity. Because if you think baseball and integrity are synonymous, then I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell you. It's great. I mean, it's it's really top-notch property. But the bottom line is this. The Houston Astros fan base, for the most part, and I've had to learn. I've had to become a smarter baseball fan because we get a lot of stuff thrown at us. Well, y'all did this because of that. I mean, every amount of success that the Astros have, there's always like, but was there a trash can? There's always like these slid in like comments, right? And I just had to learn to ignore it and deflect it because uh, Twitter can be a cesspool. Facebook <laughs> can be a cesspool. And it's not always the people with 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 the highest level of of intellect or maybe maybe people with with high intellect, but, the, but they're trying to like, I guess, out insult you. I just try not to get in the barbs and the wars. Um, I'll tell you this. Yesterday, I had some guy comment on our podcast. He said, wow, that was a brutal listen. How do you guys get paid for this? And then, you know, um, locked on MLB. He's like, well, they're constantly in the top 100. So I guess they're doing a pretty good job. And then he, like, picked apart our episode in three different phases. Whoa. And I said, wow, okay, so now I can tell that you listened to all the episode. Thank you for the revenue. I appreciate it. And then I and then I proceeded to block him. So <laughs> I typically block the negative people out. But, man, I, I get along with anybody from any fan base. If you want to talk baseball, we can be friends. Well, it's easy when you're to, to talk about baseball in a, in a positive way because there is so many, so much great. Uh, there is. Great oh yeah. Baseball. No, you, you, you know, here's the thing, and I want to say this because this word needs to get out. Um, y'all need to go watch the Dallas Baptist University video that they just posted. Some kid put a drone video together promoting this baseball team, where the drone flies all through their baseball facility in the batting cages while they're hitting, in and out. I mean, just a great promo video. Major League Baseball needs to start promoting the game better. That's the problem. Major League Baseball has an image problem, and if they don't fix it and let the fans start get more access and let the fans start doing more stuff, then it's it's going it's. I mean, it's going to be extinct in the next 20, 30 years if they're not careful. I 100% agree. They do need to do a better job. And I think tonight, actually, they're starting uh, a, a new a new, a new, uh, chapter with that because they're going to be uh, featuring two Texas uh, AAA teams on, on MLB Network uh, tonight. Oh. Um, Jack Leiter is going to be facing off against who, I forget, another uh, prospect. I forget who it is. But uh, so that – I think they're, they're, they've started – to kind of open their eyes to this, and 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 we're just kind of um, at the beginning because I think that 
what this lockout has shown um, the owners and and Rob Manfred is that um, they are kind of behind the time, and that's traditionally the the the, the modus operandi for for owners. They're they're always behind the time, and then they're they're just starting to realize that uh, they need to market the game better because uh, it's that's that's how it grows. But yeah, um, Brett, uh, thank you so much for for joining me today. That was that was a great. Great talk. I always enjoy talking about baseball in a positive way, <laughs> for sure. Um, it's it's tough uh, uh, being out there on Twitter and, 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 and pushing through all the negativity, but you're doing a great job of it. Um, tell everybody um, how to follow you, uh, how, to, how to listen to you uh, on the podcast. No, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I am at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm at Stros411, that's S-T-R-O-S-411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can follow the show Locked on Astros on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I would encourage everybody to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on on day games or um, off days. We, we go live at 8.30 typically. Otherwise, we are post-game um, Sunday through Thursday. So we are your team every day. We're the number one listened to downloaded Astros podcast on the planet. So we love people from all over. Um, and we would love to get some more Canadian followers. Hey, <laughs> and being that I'm that I'm that I'm part Canadian and being that I've got a Rahi Bishmael rookie card from the Toronto Ar- Argonauts, I think gives me a little bit of clout with the Canadian fans. You have some clout. I, I, I will speak on behalf of the country and and and. Um, let you be an honorary Canadian, uh, especially after this this matchup. And it's a shame that the uh, the matchups w- between the Jays and the Astros have to end so quickly. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I I really wish we we had like an early season, mid season, and late season. But hey, you know what? We will return. We'll see you guys in the playoffs. How's that? That sounds great, Brett. Thanks for for joining me, um, guys. Check him out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay, well, right, I, I assume back. I assume that was a good interview. Uh, I have not listened to it yet, and I hope <laughs> that he doesn't feel too bad that the Blue Jays have swept the series against Houston. I, I'll just no, go I know, I know that well, once once you listen to it, you'll <laughs> you'll know that 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 he's 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 okay with it. He he likes watching the Blue Jays. Um, but let's let's do our look ahead for the Blue Jays uh, this week. Um, much like last week. Uh, they are playing the Red Sox and the Astros. <laughs> yeah, as they play tomorrow, Monday or today, if you're listening, right? Uh, there's they no play off Monday, days this week uh, uh, at home. They come back, uh, so it'll be interesting. And, and probably as we record this later this afternoon, some of the names are going to come out of the Boston players that are uh, missing the series. I predict the, the one other name that I'm pretty sure is uh, still unvaccinated is, is JD Martinez. I think is probably going to miss the series, is my guess. Um, Chris Sale also is unvaccinated, but he's he's injured. Uh, so he's, he would have missed, uh, either way, but, uh, yeah, so that, so, so it'll be, um, nice to, 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 for the Jays to be back at home playing, uh, Boston and Houston. Uh, yeah, those will be some fun, fun baseball games. Uh, right. well, well, let's see who's, let's see who's pitching, uh, on, on Monday. Uh, who's, who's lining up on Monday to I'll, pitch? I'll leave that up to you because I don't currently have my, uh, MLB app open. Um, yeah, I, does, I have two screens anyways. open here, but none of them are, uh, are the MLB app. I've got two screens of notes. So, okay. uh, preparing for, for the next segment here. So I, I who's think pitching? Barrios should, I think Barrios, it doesn't say, but I think Barrios should pitch on Monday because Kikuchi is pitching, uh, today, unless they, unless they go with, um, Stripling again, uh, with the, with the, but I think he, he, 
already pitched against Houston. So yeah, I, I he think, pitched yeah, Friday. Yeah, so no, I, I think it'll be Barrios uh, on 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 Monday. Uh, not sure who's going to be pitching for Boston, but uh, be uh, excited to see uh, his continued uh, improvement. So that's good. All right, there we go. Okay, uh, so why don't we do uh, Minnesota Twins check in? Yeah, so this uh, was B-team. your assignment for today because I, I, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, to start off with, their record is seven and eight, which is good for second in the AL Central, and they're on a three game winning streak. I was I was coming into this uh, expecting to put together uh, a, a leading line of we picked a really bad B team, like as in a bad team, but they are. They have played better because uh, I've only I've kind of been keeping an eye on on them uh, like a little bit, and they started off the season pretty bad, uh, but uh, it seems like they've well, it's, recovered it's a little bit. In Minnesota, Minnesota is a hard place to start. <laughs> they're they're uh, further the north than Toronto, actually. So yeah, yeah um, no, they they their 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 home opener was was snowed out, so they're, they're, that's, well, that's how cold it is. In Minnesota. Um, the the other thing I noticed though, when I was looking over the standings, is that I think. Uh, um, the AL Central is probably the least competitive division. Uh, all the other divisions in the league are are pretty close in terms of wins and losses uh, for all the teams. What about what about Cleveland though? They're they're kind of uh, coming on strong this year. Cleveland well, and, and well, yeah, but... and, and no, you know what? I, I I'm going to totally disagree with you. I think that uh, the the AL Central is a sneaky hard division because oh no no like, i i what i mean is if you look at the if you look at the divisions like the the top three teams in the other divisions are all all pretty close together whereas the al central there's there's a pretty big drop off uh, uh anyway we're, no, we're talking about the twins it's too here. early to, to 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 give any weight to 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 games back or whatever but well it's, it's a sneaky tough division all right i'm i'm doing the i'm doing the update so you, you, you're going to have to finish here. So one thing you asked about was uh, uh, Byron Buxton. Um, he was injured pretty early, I guess, similar uh, to Teoscar being knocked out. But he was hit. Uh, Buxton was his right knee, I believe. Uh, he came back in a game recently to as the DH, sort okay. of uh, like Springer, I suppose. Uh, but yesterday was a 9-2 to win against the White Sox. And Buxton had a four-hit game and missed the cycle by... Uh, he just he only needed a triple. Uh, but he had five at-bats, went four for four with two RBIs, uh, two singles, a double, a home run, and he, his, uh, he ended up totaling three runs and that was his first game back starting in center field so he's okay seems like his his health meter is uh is at full full bars uh maybe his energy level is a bit depleted after that game we'll see um his home run in that game was his fourth of the year and according to oh i must have i don't know if i wrote this right but i thought i i I wrote 497 feet but i think it might have been 407 uh, yeah, four hundred ninety-seven. That seems that's, far. That's far. That's far, especially um, for a guy like Byron Buxton. He's not a he's not a a, a large guy. So um, in uh, in in that game, so, so as I said, he went four for four. So his his uh, other uh, on base uh, was a result of a hit by pitch in the fifth inning. So it doesn't sound like he got hit anywhere sensitive and that he would get re-injured. Um, but in that game, also, if if Buxton hadn't been the player of the game, Luis Arez, um, he went four for five with three RBIs. And uh, 
Anyway, this was the Twins' third win in a row, as I mentioned, but also their first series win of the year. So that's that's a good sign. And if they win today against the White Sox, they would uh, they would be eight and eight. So they'd be back to up 500. to five hundred. You know, um, it's good that it's good that Byron Buxton is is back. Uh, and healthy because uh, he he has the potential to be maybe the most one of the most exciting players uh, in baseball to watch play. Uh, so it's good it's good that he's healthy because he, health has been a problem for him in the past. Well, um, the last note I have about the Twins before we move on is that uh, as I mentioned, they've played Boston in two different series now, and the Twins have helped the Blue Jays immensely. They've beat Boston three times in those two series. Uh, so uh, they have contributed to Boston's uh, loss total, and which helps the Blue Jays in uh, in the standings. That's true. That's true. Um, do you have their, their like who, who they're playing this week? Do you have that up? Uh, I didn't note that down, but I can I can pull it up. I'm I'm, well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, they've got the Tigers on Tuesday. It looks like. Um, and the Rays. So that's, that's just a bit of a tough week for them. Um, yeah. You know what's Tigers disappointing about the MLB app is that when you clicked on the schedule button, it used to give you a calendar view, Like, uh, but now it's just it's a single-game listing in a in a row, so it's it's a little more annoying to check the schedule. Yeah, a little tough, but uh, so they, they, they've, they've got their work uh, set out for them uh, this week. Um, yeah. So there's your is that, is that your twins check in? Yep, that's that's it. All right. Um, yeah. So I, I was just noticing before we started um, that uh, I, I got dressed kind of quickly because the kids are crazy. But I, I noticed I've got a chocolate handprint on my jeans from yesterday. I see. Um, well, that's that's an interesting note. I I had a note that I didn't have time to to write in here. Um, I was going to suggest. Uh, going forward, instead of referring to our neutral uh, thing as a sacrifice, to refer to it as a fielder's choice, because I feel like sacrifice is a more uh, is a word with negative connotations, and that fielder's choice is is the same net result as a sacrifice. But well, you're 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 you're, you're looking um, at it from the wrong angle. You're looking at it uh, because sacrifice can be positive. A sack fly scores a run. So, so I'm. Oh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna but say, the the say, word itself is. Uh, well, but but a fielder's choice can score a run too. Uh, yeah, but a fielder's choice uh, is 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 not as ex- potentially exciting of a play as sacrifice. So I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that decision. Say say that uh, what we'll, we're keeping the sacrifice. You'll have, have to go back to the drawing board to try to try to uh, uh, find find holes in my logic. Well, I, I'm sure that won't be too difficult. We'll we'll see. Um, yeah. So what's what's your what's your what's your sacrifice for this week? Um, well, you know what? I'll I'll save that because it it uh, it goes. No, you know what? I'll I'll go with it. I'll, it it's going to burn my home run at the same time because uh, I originally didn't have a sacrifice listed. Um, I did. I don't know. I didn't really have. A, uh, um, I couldn't think of anything that uh, seemed neutral. Um, but I put down softball practice. We have 
supposed to have a softball practice at one o'clock today. And that's my sacrifice because I was just outside before sitting down to record and it's pretty windy out. It's going up to 13 degrees. Uh, that's Celsius in case there's any uh, American listeners. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, but uh, it's it's it could be a cold day out there. The last few years when we go out for softball practice, it's always been a really hot day and we take lots of breaks. But I, I think uh, I think that might be might not be the case today. But that's also my home run because it means that uh, the weather is getting nicer. Uh, fields are are drying out and and not as soft. So uh, so I'm looking forward to some softball practice. We just got our gear out of storage yes uh, two days ago. So you have to channel your your Minnesota Twins early season uh, energy and 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 get all your 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 hand warming gear and things like that. Well, I'll be wearing um, uh, pants and a sweater for sure. Okay, so so you 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 uh, have struck two things off your list here. So I'll go with my I'll go with my strikeout first. Um, now I, I didn't ha- really have any participation in this story, but uh, it turns out that Bo doesn't like farms, or at least when he's he's sleep deprived he doesn't like farms krista took him to uh like a it's like a farm slash petting zoo and and he would have none of none of it it had it had it was full of, of play structures and slides and fun animals to look at but he just wanted to uh get back in the car and and play with play inside of the car so he he didn't like the farm oh that's disappointing i remember uh we used to go to the experimental farm a lot that was always a fun trip that's well. That's a different kind of farm because there's, there's that was just in the winter time you can slide down the the the, the hill, but uh, yeah, not not so well. I guess the, the kids there's like there's no around. hill at the experimental farm. It's all flat. Well, I guess have the, you I driven by the, recently? The arboretum, the arboretum. I guess I, I I'm, I'm I'm looping that in with it. Anyways, um, so I'll go to my sacrifice. Um, uh, our parents have gone away on a cruise. Uh, so that means that uh, Leo is is at home with me for for an extra two days uh, during the week because he goes to preschool for the other uh, three days. Uh, but uh, he was he was sick, so he so he missed an additional. Oh no, it was Good Friday on Monday. That's what it was. No, oh, good, good Friday, Friday was on Friday. <laughs> Easter Monday on Monday. It, it's Friday on Friday this year. It it wasn't on it wasn't on Monday. Good Friday falls on a Friday this year. Um, no, no. Uh, good Friday and, and Easter Monday means uh, four day weekend. Um, and Krista was working two of those days, so I, I had my hands full. But on Wednesday, I, I call it, I'm going to call it my, my DH day because it was kind of half a day off because I only had one kid to take care of on Wednesday. So that, that's my, 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 my sacrifice for the week because I only had to follow her around and take care of one child. So, uh, so I call it my DH day because I didn't have, like, it's like, it's like not having to, to, to play defense. Uh, um, <laughs> that know, reminds me actually, an error on your part last week. I do not get Easter Monday as a, as a day off. I only get Good Friday. That's, uh, oh, okay. Well, neither that's did a government she had to, worker she thing. She had to work. She had to work on Monday as well. So, like I said, my my, my hands were were full. It was it was I was outnumbered. Uh, a preschooler and a toddler can can definitely overpower one adult uh, all the time. Well, so what? Yeah. Uh, What's your strikeout? What's your my strikeout? You strikeout is just uh, just overall being busy. Uh, April and May. Uh, well, April is almost over, and it's it's been a very busy month uh, for for us. 
Uh, and May is also going to be a very busy month. We're, we're going to be on a trip. I'm kind of, it's a little bit vacation for me, but Vanessa has to work. We're going to be in Sydney, Nova Scotia in oh, a couple right. of weeks. Uh, but I'll be working remotely for some of those days because I, I can't get all of the days off uh, because of uh, work requirements and other people in my department being on vacation. Um, but uh there's that we're going to be doing some uh, some other travel the week after that and I, I think we're really not going to be free in our schedule until like June and, and that's not even counting softball nights where we're going to be playing three nights a week again so it's just uh, just in general uh, just very 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 busy and I think we're going to need a break and uh, it, it we might not actually get that until like October. Yeah, no, I, I, I being uh, being a parent is is also another uh, uh, a busy thing. So I, I, I understand that uh, being busy and not being able to get breaks. Uh, it's 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 hard not to have a break. Um, so uh, my home run is um, I've been kind of going down this rabbit hole of searching for a new amplifier for my for my guitar. I've kind of been like looking for for uh, a tube amp. And then I and then I've, I've fallen down just different kind of rabbit holes of of, of searching for amps. But then I, I I took a step back and looked at my amplifier that I already have, and it turns out all the things that I was searching for in a new amp are here in my 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 the, the one that I have. So so that's my home run. The amp that I was looking for uh, was in my possession this whole time. So I, not only did did uh, I discover that, it also saves me uh, quite a bit of money as well. Oh yes, uh, hidden savings. That's always a good thing. Yeah, um, I am going to uh, get a new guitar pedal to go along with said amp, so so uh, uh, that's a little kind of treat to myself. But uh, it's it's nice to kind of uh, be happy with the things that you have. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, um, that's a that's good to end on a on a home run. Uh, I I I ended on a strikeout, but that that's a good positive note to end the podcast on. It's uh, this it's might good, be. Good um, this 50th episode might be a uh, record for the longest episode in the books when you have factor in the interview later. That's, that's <laughs> right, because we're, we're just hitting up on close to an hour here, uh, yeah. on, just on our conversation alone. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's pretty epic. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, speaking of 50th, hopefully we get uh, another Blue Jay hitting 50 home runs this year. That's, uh, that would be something to look forward to as well. For sure. All right. Well, I think that's about it then. We will uh, we'll talk next week. I will definitely be here next week. The rest okay, of May up in the air. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye.